Welcome to Rust Belt Love, conversations about love, relationships, and dating for those over 50. I'm Kathy. And I'm Samantha. We're two single women living in the Rust Belt, navigating this topic together. All right. Hi. Welcome to episode eight of Rust Belt Love. How are you, Samantha? I'm good. Um, First off, I just want to shout you out and um, just the, you know, getting this together, editing and putting it out there. It is really a one woman show. And it's pretty impressive because I don't have this technology and I'm really, you're doing amazing job. And so to all 28 listeners, I think really give Kathy a round of applause because she's figuring it out. I've been really impressed. Well, thank you. It hasn't been the highest quality uh, recording and editing and sound. um, Yeah. It's just a two person show. We're we have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's two two white women in the Rust Belt trying to figure this out. And I'm like blown away. So um but I did want to follow up because our person, Amy, who hopefully you listened to Amy. I, I did get together with Amy. She did not update my my profile like she promised, but I have my photos and um we're we're we 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 went to an event. We actually didn't go to lunch. So she I'm still following up with her. I'm still on these apps. Um, there was one thing I wanted to say that I just noticed about these apps is that, you know, for Hinge, what I like about it, my critique is that you know, people can match with you, unlike Bumble, where you have to match with someone. So mm-hmm. I kind of like that. But so I'm still trying. I have not gone on another date. I do have this person who, you know, obviously my schedule and, and his schedule, we just doesn't work. So here I am still. Okay. Well, hopefully, well, I'm hoping that one of our next episodes will be sort of talking through all these different apps because I've been doing a little research. So I'm ready to report out. Yeah. Next one, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. After Amy updates mine. But so I'm super excited tonight because we have uh, a local poet who is also a philosopher. And Kathy and I have often found us ourselves in this place where we're talking about, have we ever even been in love? What is love? And so I think it's really appropriate with this title of our podcast, Rust Belt Love. So with that, no further ado, we have our first male guest. Yay. Uh, <laughs> we're super excited. <laughs> so a man agreed to be on the podcast. I know. He's a brave um, soul. A brave, yes. Uh, Miles, the poet and philosopher is going to help us figure out what is love. Welcome, Miles. Thanks for being here. Wow. Well, thank you. Uh, and I hope you didn't set the bar too high because I really don't know if I'm going to be able to help you figure all this stuff out. Well, <laughs> you know, it's a process. It's a process. It is a process. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, thanks. Uh, it's a it's a it's a pleasure to be on here. So wow, yeah. So poetry and philosophy, maybe I don't know. I figured maybe I read a poem or two or something. Um, very short, you know, I don't want to get too involved here, but uh, I figured I would, I would, um, I would start off with some really old poetry and then some really contemporary poetry. Uh, so about love, uh, on, about the t- love. on the subject of, okay. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, love poems. I guess they don't okay. have, maybe they don't have love in the title, but uh, <laughs> anyway, I was going to start with Sappho. Okay. So Sappho is the famous uh, sixth century BC uh, woman poet from the Island of Lesbos. You know, they're in the ancient Greek world, very well known. We have fragments of her poetry that were, that's, I mean, you know, 600 or 6th century BC, that's like 2,600 years ago. That's a long time. So I figured I'd just read a couple of these short little fragments, get us started. All right. I just want to say that makes me feel better that like that long ago, they were still questioning what is love. 
Oh my God. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. It's been a uh, persistent theme. So anyway, this is, um, this is from Sappho's fragments. Uh, we don't have any complete poems. These are just kind of fragments. This is fragment number 29. Uh, some of them have titles. So this one has a title. It just says, love is in no haste. And if these paps their milk could give and this womb make new men live, then would I go with footsteps free to a bridal bed again. But now that age doth spread apace his thousand wrinkles o'er my face, loves in no haste to come to me, love with his gift of pain. So okay. A little bit something from Sappho. There's a range of Sappho poems I could pick, but that was that one seemed... I don't know. Interesting. Maybe to start some thoughts or something. Should we discuss it? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I, it's kind of making me depressed. My interpretation of it was like, the older you get, love is not coming. Now, I hope I'm misinterpreting that. But that was like my my take on it. Well, it's not coming in haste. Yeah. Oh, so thank you, Kathy, for giving the reality yeah. check. Yes, it's not coming in haste. Yes. Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, maybe that wasn't the best fragment from Sappho to read, but... Oh, um, no. That's, that's one. Good. It's a good start. No, let's yeah, do it. love in the, in, in the fragment. What um, made you pick that one, though? I'm curious. Honestly, it did. It was it, it had love in the kind of mm -hmm. title. As I, was, okay. as I kind of read it, I was like, well, it's short. And it's it's one, obviously, like, you know, what poem can capture the, the, the almost infinite range of what love is or whatever, mm -hmm. right? That's not possible. So it's like, well, this is one tiny fragment from a long time ago. But what I, what I, well, if you guys will let me do this, uh, I could read another poem. Uh, Samantha, this is the one that, that you were kind of asking for, actually. Remember, this is the one by that German poet. Oh, yeah. 20th century German poet. So this is a, uh, this is a poem by Stefan George. It's called uh, You Slim and Pure, Just Like a Flame. You slim and pure, just like a flame. You just like morning, bright and tender. You blossoming sprig on a proud stem. You like a spring concealed and plain. You accompany me on sunny mountain meadows, surround me in the mist of eve. You light my pathway in the shadow. You cooling wind, you fiery breath. You are my wish and are my thought. I breathe you with each breath of air. I sip you with each drink. I kiss you with each fragrant odor. You blossoming sprig on a proud stem. You like a spring concealed and plain, you slim and pure, just like a flame, you just like morning, bright and tender. Oh, that's very sweet. Stefan George. Yeah, very nice. We had a little Sappho, we had a little Stefan George, so. Okay. It's, it's interesting how like the male perspective of mm. love versus mm -hmm. like the, the female perspective. <laughs> From these two poems, for sure. Yes, yeah. just from from these, right. Yeah. yeah, right. From these two of the probably <laughs> infinite number of poems, yes, throughout the world, right? Yeah, yeah. In different cultures and different times and different circumstances, all of that. And definitely, like the the woman thinking about the aging process. Yeah, that's on our minds. So, um, what does it mean to be in love, and how do you know if you're in love? Oh boy. For everyone involved here. Uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess that would depend on how you define love mm -hmm. or what it is, uh, what, what the meaning of to be in love. I mean, it sounds like 
that's a state that one is in, right? I mean, it could yeah. be defined that way, like to be in love or people say falling in love. That sounds like a preparatory phase or like a, a phase of that process that leads further down the line and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Like I think in that poem from the man, you it sounded to me like he was in love, right? Falling in love and what love was for him. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like there he was describing the object of his desire. Yeah. Right. Like he's saying these are like, how can I, you know, it's kind of like the old Shakespeare thing, or, you know, how can I compare thee to a summer's day or something like that Mm -hmm. uh, where he's um, describing, you know, what, what, what his um, uh, the object of his desire and how she makes him or this object makes him feel right. Has anyone ever written you a love poem, Kathy? No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no one's ever written me one too. I, I, would like, I would like someone to write a love poem for me. Miles, has anyone ever written a love poem to you? You hang no out. One's ever, no one's ever written you a love poem either. No, 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 no one's ever. I find it hard. Come on, some like in high school, <laughs> high doesn't someone like give you a poem or something? Oh, I actually maybe a note, a like a love yeah. note. Oh, that's a good point. Like, what defines? Thank you. What defines a poem? Maybe a love note. Yeah, yeah. I had a, a, yeah, a boyfriend right? write me a write a poem, but it wasn't necessarily a love poem. It was a poem that he. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so maybe he it. was moved by you know by you yeah. and he wanted to express something obviously to you and right. Yeah, so Samantha, that's, that's never happened. You, no one's ever written you a love. I letter. think back in in junior high, some guy wrote me on a note. Will you go out with me? Check <laughs> yes, yes or no. Or no. <laughs> well, I don't know if I define oh. that as a poem, but uh, I guess you've, it could. I don't know. You've never had a love letter written to you, Samantha, that you can I, think of. I, yeah, I would. I okay. would have to really go back. I mean, okay. I, I think, but this goes back to this notion of like, I don't. I don't know. Like love and lust are very different things. Like I think when I was younger, people, you know, I was lusting for people. People were lusting for me and we were, you know, writing about that. Uh, And I I think part of, I miss that. You know, I'm a big letter writer. I write, I send mail um, because I, I really want, I want someone to write me a love poem. Send me some mail, write, write me a love poem. Cause I just, I think it's romantic. It's this notion of like, you know, connecting with people on a very different level, but no, I don't think so. Other than I'll have to go back and look. Cause I have a lot of correspondence that I saved. Maybe I'll go check it out. In anticipation of this, I was looking at, I think I sent this to you, Samantha, that the Greeks had identified seven different mm-hmm. forms of love. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you're familiar with this miles. I'm not going to pronounce them, but it's one would be romantic love, right? Passion, love, lust, yep. pleasure, yep. Um, friendly love. So like intimate, platonic. Mm-hmm. Like uh, our love. Like our love, the three of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, universal love, you know, that it's for, you know, empathy for all, all living beings. We're struggling mm-hmm. with that right now in the country. <laughs> Flirtatious love, playful, like a crush. Uh, familial love. So your kins, your you know, that's protective, it's caring, nurturing, unconditional, yep. um, pragma, pragma, or committed love, so devoted and companionate, which is probably, you know, and then finally self-love, but probably in a relationship where there's deep love, you, all of these things are experienced, I would, I would imagine, all of these different. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's also that is it a gap? What's the love where it's truly agape? agape. Yeah, that's the agape. Yeah, yeah. Say it one more time. Agape. Agape. Yeah. 
yeah. universal love. That's one universal of love. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like love of love of humankind or love of uh, mm-hmm. humanity and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Even even more broadly speaking, love of uh, the world, which could include the natural world and you know other other creatures, other species, you know that kind of that kind of stuff too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, that's absolutely right. They, uh, you know, so that, you know, love was not just one singular thing, but it, it, it can mean different things in different contexts. And as you said, in a, in a, probably in a, maybe in like a kind of a ideal relationship or a partnership, yeah. all modes of, of, of love are probably present to some degree, right? Maybe it's, yeah. a phase, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's uh, simultaneously as well. So yeah, that's it. That's yeah. or phases point. or different, you know, and I don't know that any of us know that <laughs> the three of us, I can't speak for you, Miles. I don't really know, but mm-hmm. I don't know that uh, Samantha or I have been in a relationship where we've experienced those different phases of love where it's sort of shifting in and out of these different types. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Do you think Samantha? Yeah, I, I don't. Can you go yeah. read them one more time for me? I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm kind of like, I'm really thinking about like in these intimate relationships, because I think, again, like I can definitely think of the flirtatious love. Yeah. So it starts there and then maybe it moves into romantic love, Mm -hmm. which is sort of the passion. Right. And then friendly love. Maybe it even starts there. Right. Platonic love, Mm -hmm. your friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then a potentially committed love, which is devotion and companionship. Right. Yeah. I think that's where it fizzles has fizzled out for me. Yeah, it's a devotion love. Devotion it's is such a, devotion a nice. Well, that's such a nice word, right? That's. I just think that that's a really beautiful. That's something to aspire to. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, aspirational. Yeah, and but even that like leads me to believe like what does that mean to be devoted to someone, right? Because to be devoted, like I'm sure if you were if my ex husband were here, he would have probably said he was devoted to me. But I would argue that you really weren't. You weren't offering me this emotional support that I needed. So again, this, what does it mean to be devoted to someone? And I think being able to be in an intimate relationship and express what you need in love. Well, a lot of people will tell you that it has to start with your self-love, right? Before you can even love anyone or anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Truly and deeply, I guess. Yeah. Isn't that what, isn't that what, uh, maybe is like the common modern psychological kind of view yeah. or yeah I think self-love so. yeah. really like that's where it all begins right like if you don't have self-love then it's like those other areas are probably going to be you know not uh, they're not going to work as they should I guess or something right so if that's a modern notion it seems mm-hmm. like for many 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 years they managed to love and be loved without <laughs> figuring out all of this analyzing that we've been doing (laughs) in the 20th 20th first century 20th century us moderns yeah i wonder or did they because i actually have this theory i've been doing a lot of work around self-compassion which to me is kind of self-love and i think you know perhaps from a historical standpoint people had more self-compassion than we have because i think we compare ourselves to others i think about you know the philosopher who said those who have much want more and those who have nothing want nothing. And I think, you know, as we see so much now, right, everything is so accessible that I, I think it it impacts our sense of self and our ability to love ourselves. But I don't, I, I don't know. And, and again, like, I'm just asking, I'm just throwing these things out because it has me thinking, how do you know if you love yourself? What does self-love right. look like? Right. Right. So, like, so I think, 
Uh, younger people may say they love themselves and they're engaging in self-care. They're getting manicures. They're doing right. facials. And so that's self-love or is self-love understanding like the root of your suffering. So I think, you know, I've shared um, that my mom left when I was very young. And so like understanding how that impacts me, is that self-love? Like, how do you even define this notion of self-love? Yeah, those are all really good, really good questions, I think, right? I mean, is are there some answers? So no, I was like, no pressure, Miles. We're counting on you for the answers. <laughs> well, you know, like I can, I could, um, I could really like pull out the old flag here and be like, well, that's a psycho psychological question, not a right. philosophical question, but it really is kind of both, right? I mean, like. But no, I mean, like I would, I would just, I would wonder that, like, has, has there been work done in psychology or something or some other sciences or brain sciences even that can help us define more clearly what that concept is, if it's, if it's a fruitful and uh, useful concept, even, I mean, I, I sense that it is clearly right. Um, so there's, uh, there's something to that, but yeah, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's something more for the psychologist to kind of answer or something. Well, we have one. Can you answer? Again, I've been doing a lot of research. I'm very interested in this notion of self-compassion because I think it really relates to dialectic behavioral therapy. And I'm also interested on, are there certain groups of people that have more self-compassion mm. based on just, you know, how they were raised and resiliency. And there is some standardized measures, but I, yeah, it's, I, again, how do you love yourself? And some people really do think highly of themselves. Um, and also I think some people think highly of themselves and it becomes like narcissistic. One thing to love yourself, but it's also, and this is where I love this notion of like, it's all these types of love, right? You also then have to love the universe. You have to love other, other people as well. But, and I don't know, and I'd be curious, because you and I both, Kathy, have said this. I don't think I've ever been in, had this kind of full love. And I'm not sure why that is. Well, I guess the question, a question is, is love a feeling? And if it's mm -hmm. a feeling, feelings are fleeting, right? They come and go, right? I, isn't isn't sort of the, the length of a feeling is like two minutes, right? <laughs> feeling sad. And within two minutes, you could be feeling something completely different. So if it's a feeling, which I, I don't know that I think that, I think I used to believe that. Because I couldn't understand if you felt love for someone, how could you then not continue to have love for them? Yeah. And so now I kind of understand that it's a if it's a if I'm viewing it as a feeling, and then it it's fleeting and it can go away and it can it can change into something else. Yeah. Um. You know. But or is love a verb? And we've talked about this too. Is it a choice? Is it? You know. You you're attracted to one another. You get along really well. You have you know, really strong feelings for one another, can you choose to be together? Yeah, I was yeah. just on social media and someone posted that they have been married over half of their life. When yeah. It, yeah. And yeah. I was like blown away by that. Like, can, mm -hmm. can I, could I have done that? I don't know. You know, my parents you... just had their 60th wedding yeah. anniversary. Wow. 60. <laughs> and they're 80. Right. So they've been wow. married since that's, 20 and 21. Yeah. So that's wow. over yeah, half that's... their lives. Yeah. Oh, more. Yeah. Crazy. Most of their and, lives. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. stage of love they're in right now. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe it would be wise to like listen to some of those people too, or, or, or get, you know, like, and I don't know, maybe their answer might be that like, you know, modern people tend to kind of like overthink things or overcomplicate yeah. things that, that should be very simple, maybe in some way, not, I mean, not to simplify it, but Samantha, you were saying earlier something about like how maybe we, you know, we, we're bombarded with so much stuff, you know, information and ads and social media and news and everything. Uh, and we're always uh, comparing ourselves with other people and all that stuff too. And I mean, I think there's probably a good case to be made that human beings have always been to some degree in that, in that state, but things have only like radically gotten worse, <laughs> I think, right. In, in the, in the 20th century with the rise of advertising and public relations and marketing and all that. So that's easy for us to compare and what that does to our psyche and our sense of self even, and maybe even to that idea of self-love, right? Like if you see some, I mean, if you see some ideal image of a woman or of a man and you think, well, that's what I need to look like then I need to have six pack abs and I need mm -hmm. to have, you know, muscle chest and everything. And when you look at yourself in the mirror and you fall short, like, what does that do to your self image? What does that do to your self-love self, you know? you know, I mean, is that a part and, of it? And that's actually interesting because, you know, Miles, I feel bad for men. Women have been targeted, mm -hmm. you know, from an advertising standpoint, like my entire life. But I see more and more men's magazines, more and more like targeting toward men. But I, I was curious because if you think about we started this conversation with these two poems and you think about that time period and you think about what those two people's lives were like and how many people they interacted with and how much more time you had. You know, I love when yeah. the power goes out of my house and we're all outside in the front lawn because you can't, there's no light, you're using daylight and you have more time to kind of think and sit with your feelings and to ponder these thoughts of like, how, oh, how I love thee. Let me count the ways because you're just sitting with your thoughts, you know? Um, whereas now I'm like, oh, do I love him? Let me just go on Tinder and see if there's anyone better. There's out anyone there. better, right? My yeah, thoughts are right depending I, yeah. on how, how it goes. Yeah. I think that that's my biggest gripe with these, th this whole yeah. dating app thing. It's just, there's just, you know, every day, like, I don't even have a profile on match. I was, I was looking into it for, for this, for this podcast. And every day they're sending me you know, t pictures of 20 men saying, these guys are all waiting for you. Get online. You know, <laughs> for you. Oh my God, I don't yeah. know. I don't, you know, I think they keep, if they send it to me every day, they think it's going to tempt me into, you know, jumping on and, and going for, I don't know. I, I find it really, I don't know. It's very disconcerting or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, they're, they're, you know, and that's, I mean, that's something else that I hear about, you know, I mean, there's, there's plenty of people doing research on the impacts of social media and, and right. human psychology and, you know, all of that. And like, you know, maybe it's a part of that, like fear of missing out thing, you know, like, well, don't settle for this because there's probably something a little better just up the road or just in the next yeah. email you're going to get, or just in the next 20 matches that they're going to show yeah. you or it's a like, different dating app or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So how, yeah. like, you know, part of mm -hmm. me thinks that like humans did not evolve to be able to handle all this. Like it's too much input. It's too much. Right? I agree. And yeah. It's like when you're given too much, you tend to kind of freeze, right. You tend to be, you know, tend to become paralyzed and you're like, well, I don't really know what to do. So I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. Or you're like frenzied or you're just or, going or at it. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. You're just yeah. Kind of, yeah. 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 
So I just have to say this, you know, Amy was on last week and I was like, yay, I'm going to do it. I'm all in it. Now after this discussion, I'm like, maybe I should just like kind of pull back. It's like overstimulating. So you're maybe having to go, go back to the basics and just read some. I think every single poems. podcast you change your mind. <laughs> I know. And so like, do I. You know, this week I'm just going to read some love poems and just hang out by myself. Well, I, I also, I did want to talk about, speaking of being alone with your thoughts, you know, I went to this 12 day meditation, yeah. silent meditation retreat. Yeah. And at one point on every evening, there would be a discourse that we would, we would all listen to and you couldn't read or write, you know, so I couldn't write it down. So I had to remember mm. um, this, but it caught my attention when the teacher was talking about how you can never, you actually can never love anyone but yourself. Like love, it cannot exist. Mm. And the whole point of this practice that I was, it, it's Vipassana meditation um, is about letting go of attachments, right? So not possessing or being attached to, to mm -hmm. ideas or people or thoughts even. You know, when I kind of went back and, and looked at, you know, re-watched re it once I was back amongst the living here, <laughs> back with my social media and my phone, I didn't have my phone mm. for all that time, which was really nice actually. You know, I, I looked into it a little bit and basically, again, they talked about feelings are impermanent. So that's where I was kind of coming up with that. And that, you know, to say my, I love this person or my wife or my child, or whatever is, 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 is sort of attachment, right? Yeah, so to, and I don't, I don't have a whole grasp of this entire philosophy. So, so I'm, I may not be speaking to it very articulately, but um, that, and Buddha actually never talks about love in any of the texts, you know, he, um, he talks about non-ill will. So basically, you know, being kind. So it's really yeah. about kindness and, and that love, yeah. love really is, um, it should just be about um, not having any attachment whatsoever, not expecting anything in return. Mm -hmm. That if you truly were to love someone, you would love them and not expect anything from them. Yeah. So yeah. that, that really has affected me in the last month as I've been sort of looking into this. Yeah, know. interesting. So that was a that was a Buddhist uh yes. oriented. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's what it sounded like. <laughs> like everything there was really, really the core of that uh, philosophy or of that worldview. Yes. But it also has me thinking about the ancient Greek philosophy of uh, Stoicism. Uh, right. as well. not okay. I mean, Buddhism is not Stoicism and vice versa, but there's certainly some elements there. I mean, if, if you read any of the uh, ancient Stoics, I mean they they talk quite a bit uh, about, I mean, they don't use that terminology, but there's, there's certainly passages there where it says, you know, things like, you know, don't, you know, don't think that you own or, you know, mm. your spouse or your children, like they're not yours. They're not your possessions. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're not your possessions. So they give you this kind of philosophical meditation to think about and say like you know be prepared that if your child leaves you tomorrow like if your child should 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 die like mm -hmm. don't feel you know like don't don't i mean yeah yeah yeah, I yeah. Should, you know i mean they're not telling you that you're not going to feel anything but they're saying right. like yeah. get the proper orientation like you they these other creatures these other human beings they don't belong no one belongs to you these are things in the world and we have relations and etc but they're kind of getting at some of the, some of the things yeah, that very similar. Yeah, for sure. Talks about, yeah. But at what point, 
Because I, you know, that's interesting. And I've been radically accepting as my kids are getting older, right? That I can't, I have no control over this. And this notion of to truly radically accept something to not have control over. But at what point are you like in relationship with someone and it's not a healthy relationship? And so then, you know, you have to exit that. You are attached. I mean, to me, it goes back to this, question of like, are you, do you form an attachment with someone? You, you, if you're in an intimate relationship, isn't that an attachment? Hmm. I, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I guess it can go in several, so one of several different ways, right? It could become unhealthy, I guess. Right. right? But it could also, and that depends on what you bring to and how you view that relationship with that other person, right? Like, I mean, or the commitment. It's a commitment that you have, maybe not necessarily an attachment. Is that what you're thinking, yeah. Samantha? Yeah, maybe. What about that? But you have an attachment. You you've like blent, you've moved, you've attached finances, homes, children. But you don't have to do that. Yeah, yeah, true, right. Well, and that's the thing I find interesting. Like the older I get, I have this realization. But I think when I was younger. I, it would have never occurred to me to. But those attachments were sort of symbolic of the relationship is what, mm-hmm. what you're saying, right? That you're, you're merging, you know, your lives and creating one, a new one together. And that's. A, well, an and I think societal mm-hmm. expectations mm-hmm. Yeah. of that as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I've really enjoyed about, you know, in doing this podcast and thinking about the difference in love and what love could be. Right. I think I've had a lot of expectations, whereas now, you know, I'm like, yeah, I don't even know if I want someone to move in my house with me. Yeah. Right. And even this notion of like, what does that mean to have an attachment to something or to someone? Yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, like, that's a that's a good point, too, because I think I mean, obviously, I think uh, society puts a lot of expectations on um, once again, what is what is the the ideal state of love? And, you know, that obviously can vary from culture to culture, from country to country, nation to nation. So like what, what the expectations are could be radically different, but you know, I mean, maybe there's, there's a kind of an age thing too, right? I mean, when you're 15, you think of love as one thing when you're probably 30, you think of it as something completely different when you're 50, it's something totally different. Yeah. So it would be very odd. I think if somebody had the same conception of love, throughout their whole life. I mean, it's it, like human life True. doesn't kind of work that way. You go through experiences, you go through things and it shapes you and changes you and alters how you, how you view the world, how you view yourself and your place in it. Yeah. And I think for those of us who are single and have been in relationships in the past and are at this middle age level life, place in life that we can easily sort of feel like a failure mm. in love And I really hope that we can sort of rethink that because I know that I've had some really great relationships. I mean, maybe they've ended badly and for whatever reason, but there were points in the relationships that was really good. And there was a deep connection and, and love. Mm -hmm. And now that's no more, but instead of seeing it as a failure as maybe it was an experience, it was a, it was a part of what shaped me to becoming who I am in this very moment. Now. I think that's pretty sure understanding of love. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably, uh, that's a probably more of a healthy way to kind of think about it anyway, I think, rather than, than this idea of failure too, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, especially know, with the kids and the divorce and the messy divorces and yeah. the money and all that stuff. It's so, it's so messy. It's so traumatic. See, that and, to me speaks yeah. to this attachment that right. you ha- you form and to unattach it's unhealthy is, is really hard to do. And I yeah. think that's what keeps people attached in these unhealthy relationships longer than they, you know, should be probably because it's hard when you have yeah. an attachment to, to, to separate out. And there's a lot of fear. There's all kinds of, there's all kinds of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fear, security, shame, maybe even as well. For sure. Maybe Mm -hmm. like, you know, you you get married, it's supposed to be forever and, you know, getting a divorce. (laughs) Like Like, is love forever? I guess. Some people might be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, or maybe, you know, it does change, you know, it changes and it just becomes, it becomes a different kind of love. Yeah. It'd be interesting, Kathy, to have your parents on and have them express how their love has changed over these. I can't imagine either of them ever uttering the word (laughs) L-O-V-E. Yeah. Like I've seen your parent. Yeah. I I don't. Yeah. Do they say that? I love you. I've never heard them say. Really? But I'm sure they they have. They and, yeah, they want. Uh, but it's interesting because I I remember hearing my parents say it a, a lot to mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, and it, it yeah, it's just is interesting. Well, I'll ask them if they want to be on. We'll see. Ask them. They'll probably be bickering the whole time. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be so funny. It'd be so funny. Don't do that. Don't, I told you not to say that. Don't tell. Don't say that. Yeah, we weren't going to talk about years, that. sixty years together. They'll probably be finishing each other's. Oh sentences. my god! Yes, or yes. Yes. And and again, that's an interesting thing is, you know, their definition of of love is, I think, what Miles was talking about, which really got me thinking, which I think is a nice way to end how our definition of love has changed. Like perhaps when they early on were in relationship, it was, I love you, I love you, I love you. And now it's 60, it's like, we're finishing each other's sentences, we, we can express our annoyance with each other in an appropriate manner. Um, yeah, you need to go out and get your 10,000 steps. Yeah, that's pretty much what they said. <laughs> but that's but that's love. I right? care for you. Absolutely. I want you yeah. to yeah. be around. Yeah. I love you. Caring for yeah. that for that other person. More yeah. sometimes maybe than for yourself or 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 evenly, I guess, or something, right? So all right. Well, this was fun. This is a nice change of pace yeah. from what we usually talk about. Thank it's you for being with us, Miles, yeah, and definitely. for sharing. And we'll figure this out a way to link yeah. these poems somewhere where people can read them on their own. Oh yeah, how sure. we'll do that. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, that was uh thanks for having me on. This was this was really uh this was really fun. Yeah. Good. Maybe you'll come back. We'll come up with something. We'll keep Maybe. thinking about it. If I if <laughs> I pass the test, if people are not sick of me, sure. No, if you if you find the answer, let us know. <laughs> yeah, we'll if you find the answer to love. That's my homework. That's my homework <laughs> Find the answer to what is love. Okay. All right. No pressure. Okay. On that note, thanks for listening. We'll be back. Bye for now. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Rust Belt Love. For now, you can find us on Instagram at rblovepod. That's one word, R-B-L-O-V-E-P-O-D. And our DMs are open. So let us know what you think and what else you want to cover in these conversations. And until the next time, have fun and stay open to love.